Welcome to the 88th episode of the First Take Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Gadiel Cartagena, speaking with co-host Tyler Yarnell. Today we talk top 10 rookie wide receivers and how we should approach them come draft time. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the First Take Fantasy Football Podcast. Tyler is back today, and we are going to be talking about what I personally believe is the crown jewel of this draft class. Yes, the quarterbacks are good. You got some pretty great tight ends. You got Kyle Pitts, who's unbelievable, uh, basically a receiver. And we talked about the running backs last week. Not in love with this running back class, but where I do believe this class is very, very, very strong and where I want to draft the majority of my players that I'm going to be drafting from this 2021 draft class are going to be at this position, and that is the wide receiver position. This class is honestly just as good as last year's. Maybe they won't produce as immediately because last year's class was honestly historic in terms of the way that they produced at such a high level, despite no offseason. I mean, truly unbelievable class that they had last year. But I think this class is really good, and I would not be surprised if you had some guys that went over a thousand yards in their rookie year. Like that's just how talented these guys are. Um, so we're going to do these rankings and we're doing them in tiers. Once again, I explained it last week, but you just want to make sure you're grabbing from the same bucket of talent and the tiers we might not have fully set. I believe the top five or tier one, which is top five players are set in stone for us. But outside of that, the tiers are relatively fluid and we'll keep adjusting these as we get information from pro days, just as the NFL evaluation process moves along, we will continue to gain more information on these prospects. But for the time being with what we know, this is how we're going to grade these guys and tier these guys and rank them. So without further ado, Tyler, who is the, who are the receivers in the top one tier for us? Yeah. So we have a, this is, this is our largest tier amongst the three. Um, Obviously headliners, Jamar Chase from LSU. Uh, Devonta Smith out of Alabama, and then you have Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, uh, Rondale Moore out of Purdue, and uh, Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. So we'll start with Jalen Waddle, or sorry, Jamar Chase at the top. Um, <clears throat> you know he he sat out this this 2020 season, but he's he's 1.01 amongst the wide receivers because of what he did last year with Joe Burrow. He was obviously his number one target. He had 20 touchdowns in. I think it was 16 games. No, like 15, 13 15. to 14, 15 games <clears throat> with Joe Burrow. They had that legendary season, probably the best offense in college football history. And he was the headliner for it. He was their number one target and he completely balled out at, I think it was age 19 at the time. So, um, you know, there's no doubt in either of our minds that he's the number one guy, uh, at the top of the list amongst these receivers. And, uh, you know, I, I believe he has a really bright future. I think that he's going to be picked in like those for the first uh, 10 picks for sure. And possibly within the top six, I don't think that he gets past the the Eagles at uh, number six. Um, but yeah, he, he even has the upside to go up or end up getting picked at the third overall pick. If the dolphins want to stick with Tua um, and just get him weapons. So uh, I think that Jamal Chase, Jamar Chase is definitely in conversation to to be like one of those top 10 guys or in, in the, the NFL draft. Yeah, I, I definitely could see Jamar Chase being drafted that high. Like he's a ridiculously talented dude. Um, when you look at what he's good at, I mean, it's like 
he honestly reminds me a lot of Chris Godwin in terms of the way where he's not the biggest separator in the entire world, but he's so smart. He understands how to make life easy on the quarterback. And when the ball's in the air, he's just an absolute beast. And when the ball's in his hands, he's even better. Like he's just so physical, so tough to guard play after play game after game. It is just, he's really just a problem for a lot of defensive backs. Um, The only thing, that I think I might point out with him that I would like to see him improve is kind of being able to work without that physicality a little bit, like get some finesse in his game where he can really just leave a cornerback in the dust separation wise, kind of like the way you see Keenan Allen and Calvin Ridley do it. I'm not saying he needs to be that type of player. That's the only place where I really think he can learn to improve. And if he's able to get to that level, um, I think you're looking at a guy where looking at his realistic ceiling, I think it is honestly I know this sounds crazy because he just had like one of the best seasons in NFL history. Um, but Devontae Adams is the guy that comes to mind where he could end up becoming that type of talent. So I like Jamar Chase a lot. Um, I think he could end up being a really, really good player. The place where I would love to see him go, it was the Lions before if he was playing with Galladay and Stafford. But now that he isn't, I think the Los Angeles Chargers is the perfect place because Mike Williams, more likely than not, is going to be gone after this coming season. Would not be surprised if they traded him. So you get Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, whoever the hell they got at tight end, Austin Eckler. Uh, you see the vision. They're trying to build a juggernaut offense. So I would love to see Jamar Chase in one of those landing spots. And like you said, I mean, he's the best guy in this class. The only reason he isn't in a tier of his own is because we didn't get to see him follow up on his 2019 performance. If he was able to play this past season, I have no doubt in my mind that we would have been talking about Jamar Chase as maybe one of the best wide receiver prospects ever. But obviously he did not play last year. So it's really just one good year of production. So that limits kind of the sample size. But from we, from what we saw in 2019, you give him a good quarterback, he's going to be unbelievable. So I am a huge, huge fan of Jamar Chase. Yeah, definitely. I have a feeling that we're going to be naming a lot of these guys uh, as a potential fit in uh, Los Angeles because of that situation uh, with Mike Williams. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he was traded before the season started because he's going into a contract year and they probably don't want to pay both him and Keenan Allen. So I could definitely see them um, making the most of the value and, um, you know, getting that value for Mike Williams and then drafting a guy in the, in the first round, possibly. Um, another team that I like, I mentioned before, the Dolphins. I just think that getting, getting to a Tagovailoa, the weapons that, that he needs to succeed, um, should be their priority if they choose to build around him. And um, I don't think that there's a better weapon in this class than Jamar Chase. I think that Kyle Pitts, I think that Kyle Pitts has uh, is definitely in contention for that. But um, I would definitely prefer Jamar Chase to uh, to build my team around as far as uh, as um, weapons go. So yeah, yeah one I, thing talking about the Dolphins, and I'm going to kind of segue this into the next guy. Um, personally, I think they need more of a separator for Tua. Uh, Tua is not someone that I think is fully there yet where he's going to be throwing people open the way I think Jamar Chase needs to be thrown open a little bit right now. So I think what they really need is someone who's just going to be like a Calvin Ridley, just wide open every single play and is always going to be there for the quarterback, like a wide receiver, like Calvin Ridley, maybe Stephon Diggs, that kind of mold. So when you talk about that kind of player, uh, one name that comes to mind is Devonta Smith. Now Devonta Smith uh, we have him as the number two wide receiver in our rankings. And I know that is considered a bit controversial because he weighs, what, 170 pounds, 175 pounds, uh, soaking wet. He's really not a very 
big receiver. 6'1", 175 is what he's listed at. But, I mean, Tyler, I'll let you talk about this a little bit, but I just think his ability to get open and kind of do everything you need to do at the receiver position is honestly the best in this class. I know Jamar, I think Jamar Chase will be the best receiver when it's all said and done. But in terms of who gets the nuance of the receiver position right now, I think Devonta Smith is probably the better guy right now. I can actually agree with that. I think that overall, when you're talking about who who's the most NFL ready right now, who's ready to make an impact on an NFL team right now, I think that Devonta Smith is the best guy uh, to fit the bill there. Um, you know, obviously him and Tua Tagovailoa have that connection from uh, their time together in Alabama. So that, that definitely benefits his situation there and uh, benefits the opportunity that they could, they could play together. But um, yeah, I think that he's the premier separator in this class. I think that he's the best route runner in this class uh, by, eh, I want to say wide margin, but he's clearly, clearly the best route runner. And uh, obviously it's not just that he's, he's an, he's an, a route runner. Like he can make plays after the catch. He can do a lot. Um, he can make contested catches. He's just a great all around receiver. And if it weren't for Jamar Chase being like one of the best prospects in the last decade, like I think that Devonta Smith would be the best receiver to come out of, um, to come out of the, the um, most drafts. I think that personally, if we're talking about last year, I think that he'd be up to head to head with CD lamb as well. Um, I can't, I can't think of the year before, but like, he he's a premier uh, wide receiver prospect that people worry about his age. He's going in as 22. Regardless, you're getting an elite talent for eight to 10 years. Like, I don't think that age should be a concern concern for Devonta Smith. Like he's going to come in and impact your team. He's going to impact winning for you. So uh, any team that's interested in getting a wide receiver, I think that the two guys that they should definitely be looking at are uh, Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith. So um, those are definitely the two guys. If, we really could. I, I mean, personally, I would I would almost make like a 1A tier just because I think that th- those two are really just a, so much better, like clearly better than the rest of the, the rest of the group of uh, wide receivers in this draft just because um, they're, they're, they're just the most pro ready. And um, yeah, they've played at, they've played uh, against the highest competition. They're both from SEC schools, and uh, they, they've done it at the highest level. So um, I, I think that Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith have the upside to be superstars in, at the next level. Yeah, they both definitely do. I'm a big fan, a fan of Devonta Smith. And, like, the player that he reminds me of the most, which kind of sounds a little bit weird, but is definitely, like, a skinny Allen Robinson. I know, Tyler, you're the one that actually initially mentioned that. Um, I think skinny Allen Robinson is like the perfect way to put it. Like he can do honestly anything you need on a football field. Um, the only thing is he's not physically imposing. Like he's skinny. He's very, very skinny. It's going to be easy for him to get manhandled by quarterbacks or cornerbacks in the NFL. So that's my only thing with him. Um, the only reason I think he isn't in his own tier, the same, there's like one reason with Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith, or he isn't, th- those two aren't in their own tiers is like I said with the Jamar Chase, the sample size is not great. And with Devonta Smith, it's his size, which I don't really think is that much of an issue, but more so his age, just because he's 22 years old doing this against 
players that yes they're very talented but he's probably one of the older players on the field at all times so it under it makes sense why he's so advanced as a receiver and that's not saying he won't continue to be advanced but people pick up on your tricks as you go to the NFL level that's not really the case at the college level so we'll see how he ends up translating but um, I think he's definitely a number two receiver in this class I, I like he's just so good I'm a big fan of Devonta Smith's game so I really really like Devonte Smith um you have, you have something you want to say I just I, um as far as the age I just think that I'm not very like overly concerned about it I don't I know that you aren't but like I just don't really consider it because he was doing the same stuff last year mm-hmm. um, he was arguably the best receiver on Alabama last year yeah so you know obviously you, you could say that he was dominating uh this league or uh college football and got the Heisman Trophy at age 22 while some of these guys are 19 18 years old but like, yeah, he, he was doing this. He, he wasn't doing like this, like Heisman stuff last year, but he was he was playing at an elite level last year. And mm-hmm. uh, there's no doubt that he would have been one of the top two receivers in last year's draft. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if he would have been top two just because of, I mean, I don't know. He should have entered last year. Like he definitely would have been a first round pick last year. So it, it, it doesn't concern me that much. Like his weight it's whatever. Show, like I know BMI is like a big argument, but then again, show me that many receivers that have been 6'1", 175, and have won a Heisman before. Um, it's just the list is not going to – the sample size is going to be so small that I don't really think it's going to be indicative of anything in the future. So talking about analytics with Devontae Smith, I understand why they don't want him, but at the end of the day, there's going to be outliers, and if there's going to be one guy at the receiver position that's going to be an outlier, it's someone who just had one of the best receiving seasons of all time at Alabama and won the Heisman for the first time for a wide receiver in God knows when, like, I don't even remember the last time. Was it 1992? I feel like 1992 is the the year. That probably sounds right. Was like Desmond Howard or something. Like it was, whatever it was, it was not, uh, it it was not very uh, frequent. So yeah, I mean, I love Devontae Smith. Now you talk about the other receivers in this tier one, because we're really touting Jamar and Devonta here, but there's three guys that I want to mention. We'll go through them uh, real quick here. Number one, Rashad Bateman. And my thing with Rashad Bateman is he is just freakishly talented. Like, he is really, really young. I think he just turned 21 years old. He's been dominant from the minute he stepped on a college football campus at Minnesota. And, I mean, he's just freaking talented. He's so good at pretty much everything. The only thing with him is I don't know if he's, like, exceptionally elite as an athlete. And that might hold him back a little bit. He might struggle separating because he's one of those bigger bodied guys. He's not overwhelmingly quick. So maybe that's going to be his drawback in the NFL, but I don't care too much about that. Um, A player that he reminds me a lot of actually is Michael Thomas, which I'm not saying he's going to become Michael Thomas. You need a lot of things to work in his favor for him to become that. But in terms of potential, and you look at the size, like 6'2", 210, a really good player with the ball in his hands, good player getting open, understands the nuance of the receiver position, stacking, restacking, like all that good stuff. He does that really, really well. So Rashad Bateman, he's a player that I think if you put him in an offense where he's going to get a ton of targets and they kind of need that bigger bodied presence on the outside, it just makes so much sense. So the three teams that I like for him are the Houston Texans. That is if Deshaun Watson stays, honestly, wherever Deshaun Watson goes, Um, assuming Allen Robinson does not go with Watson. I think Rashad Bateman would be a perfect fit. Um, Also, the Baltimore Ravens is a place where I would love to get him. 
I think he could be one of those players that helps elevate Lamar Jackson. It's unlikely they rely on a rookie because you kind of want a proven number one guy to come in there. But I still think Rashad Bateman could just make so much sense with Lamar Jackson. And also the New York Giants, I think, is a good fit because you look at what they have on the inside. It is Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton is a good deep threat, but I don't, he's not a number one receiver. You also have Golden Tate, who I'd be shocked if he stayed there. But, you know, I mean, they still have him. And they also have Saquon Barkley. Uh, the offensive line is definitely improving. They're not there yet. The defense is getting better. I don't think, I think if you were to maybe even trade back or if you could trade up from round two to try to get Rashad Bateman in the, in the first round, it would be a fantastic fit for the New York Giants. I would love to see him land there. And that would be uh, just a really good fit. But Tyler, how are you feeling about Rashad Bateman as the wide receiver three in this class? I mean, yeah, what you said is a lot of how I feel. Like he, he's a very technical receiver, um, does a lot uh, route running. It's just very good at that. Doesn't really rely on his athleticism. He can make a big plays, contested catch. Um, yeah, he's not very flashy run after catch. And I, I love the the New York Giants landing spot. I also think that the New York Jets would be a good landing spot for him as well to kind of uh, build alongside Denzel Mims, who's um, at the moment, kind of a deep threat but um no Denzel I mean, Mims is a wide receiver one in the NFL I'll die on that at, hill. at the at the moment but yes I believe that that Denzel Mims is very talented I think that him and uh Bateman would would be a lethal duo for whoever's at quarterback for the New York Jets so um I think that either of those teams would be a very good spot for Rashad Bateman um like you said uh playing alongside Slayton another deep threat um having that safety valve for Daniel Jones, like that would be very nice, especially considering he kind of needed that. Like obviously Evan Ingram was, was not that person. So um, yeah, I feel, I feel good about Rashad Bateman. He's one of the more pro ready receivers in this class. And that, I mean, he's, he's the third ranked receiver for us. So um, that's just a given. Yeah. When you talk about guys that could end up like being like the T Higgins, maybe the Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk of this draft class, like a, a guy that doesn't get too much hype going into the year, but could end up really just coming on strong. I think Rashad Bateman could fit that mold in terms of uh, one of the kind of unsung breakouts in the 2021 draft class. I know some people might think we have Rashad Bateman a little bit high, but I think he's perfectly ranked for us. He's a really, really good football player and he's going to be really, really good in the NFL. Um, the next two players, I guess they kind of fit a similar mold. They're kind of like undersized speedsters that can do more than just be speedsters. Um, Rondell Moore and Jalen Waddle is the end of our tier one. So Rondell Moore, I'll go ahead and talk about him really quick. He is, uh, in terms of players, I know Jalen Waddle is actually one that draws this comparison a lot, but in terms of players that have the quickness, the stop start ability of Tyreek Hill, or at least similar to, I think Rondell Moore is probably the best thing we've seen. Um, he's just a ridiculously explosive player. Like the thing that stands out about him is explosion ball in his hands, deep threat, anything you need him to do, like running routes, separating, he can do everything. Can he get better as a route runner to be a number one receiver? Yes. But right now he's totally capable of coming in as a slot receiver and kind of being quote unquote, the guy and getting like 120 targets his rookie year. Like Rondo Moore is going to be a quarterback's best friend because he's going to run up stats for that player. And I think he's he, like, he's being, he's going to be undervalued because, and I get it. He only played one really good season. That was his freshman year. So we haven't seen that much production in a while. And he's obviously 5'9", 185. Like he's not the biggest guy in the world, but 
speed kills in the NFL and quickness also does. And you see when you put those two together is when you get these really special receivers. And I think Rondo Moore, although he's undersized, could end up becoming one hell of a player in the NFL. Um, one player that I actually think he reminds me of a little bit is Steve Smith in terms of how dominant he can be if he learns to kind of get those releases and that outside route running down. And you can just move him around the field. He can just be a game-changing slot receiver or game-changing number one receiver, but technically speaking, a slot. So I really like Rondo Moore a lot in this draft class. I think he's a wide receiver four here. And it wouldn't surprise me if we look at this class like five to six years down the line and Rondo Moore is top two in this class or top one. Like it wouldn't surprise me if he was the best guy in this class. He's so talented and he just, I don't think he's gotten the opportunity to really showcase how good he can be. And I think at the next level, it's actually probably going to be a really, really good scenario for him. I'd be surprised if he went in round one, but get Rondo more with a good quarterback. And I will be so happy about that. So, I mean, I I'm a big fan of Rondo more and then Tyra, I'll let you close out tier one with uh, the, the guy from Alabama. One thing I wanted to note with Rondell Moore is that uh, compared to Rashad Bateman, and I think that Bateman's probably the safer pick amongst the two, and that's why he's ranked higher. But uh, like you said, um, Rondell Moore has the upside to be um, one of those top two guys in this class. I think that his greatest tra- trait is like reading blocks when he's when he has the ball in his hands, uh, yeah. just reading defenders and kind of how they're, how they're reacting to him and then reacting to that. He's just a very electric player when he has the ball in his hands and it's not so like obviously he has the speed and whatnot but like it's just reading the defenders and just uh being very agile yes he's just very good at evading and defenders so uh that's just really what stood out to me uh watching rondell moore um the next guy is uh, another big play guy who who's out of alabama jalen waddle um very electric player. He didn't play much this season with it because of an ankle injury. We saw him play a little bit in the national championship, but you could tell that he was hobbled. Uh, really should not have been out there whatsoever, uh, really risking his draft stock and risking hit a lot of money to be out there with his team. But, um, you know, I guess you got to respect it. But um, I think that he's another guy that's very electric. Not necessarily a guy that you want to trust as uh, your wide receiver one long term, in my opinion, but um, he's a, he's a guy that can take the top off of your defense. He can expand the the offense for other players to really get open because he has uh, game breaking speed and can really uh, attract a lot of defenders. Like he, um, I think in his prime, he's going to be a guy that's going to attract like two defend uh, a corner and a safety over the top because like you just won't be able to have one person uh, being able to guard him because he's so fast and he's so he's very good at. Um, just making defenders miss um, uh, with his route running. So um, he's also very good at con- uh, with contested catches for his size. Uh, I-, I really like Jalen Waddle. I think that if he ends up in the right situation where he can be a secondary guy and not be the guy for his team, I think that he could really uh, benefit whoever uh, drafts him. Um, one guy that I really think about when I think about Jalen Waddle is Deshaun Jackson, um, someone who is just very electric with the ball in his hands. Um, took the top off of defenses and yeah, like I said, just opened things up for others. Uh, so yeah, I, I like Jalen Waddle. Um, not necessarily as much as these other guys, because I, I think that they can be number one options for their team. I know that a lot of people are, are seeing Jalen Waddle as this like top 15 pick, but um, personally I, I'm, I'm staring away from that. And I think that uh, even though, even though he isn't as good as good as these other guys, in my opinion, I think that he could really benefit 
whoever drafts him. Yeah. I mean, if I think he might, like, I agree with you. I think he might get overdrafted a little bit. And people are in love with Jalen Waddle and some people that like, I really respect their football opinions. So it is a little bit confusing to me. Like, I'm not saying he isn't a tier one receiver. He is, and he could end up being really special in the NFL, like a Deshaun Jackson. Like you said, I really like that comparison. Um, but I don't know if he's like the guy. So it's, it's interesting. I think that these other four players have a better chance of being the guy, but it wouldn't surprise me if Jalen Waddle was a highly productive fantasy asset. I think you still probably want to try to draft him like end of round one, maybe early round two if possible, but you're probably going to be able to get like Rondell Moore and Rashad Bateman before or after uh, Jalen Waddle in most rookie drafts because people really just believe in the Alabama talent. And yes, he outproduced Devonta Smith while they were playing on the field at the same time. But uh, once Jalen Waddle was out, you saw Devontae Smith turn into the Heisman. So he took his game to another level, which is uh, honestly, I appreciate that even more from a player like Devonta Smith. He was able to shoulder the load, which is very, very impressive. Um, talking about the rest of this rookie class. So in tier two, uh, this one's a little bit shaky, but for right now, this is where we stand. I think the, the clear two guys that I think belong in tier two are one, Amon Ross St. Brown from USC. He is pretty much just a, I mean, there's no flaws in his game. If I'm being completely honest, he has every single hole covered. The only problem kind of like a Rashad Bateman is that he's just not that athletic and he's probably going to run like even slower than people expect. I would expect like a four, five, four, four, five, maybe even a four, six. If he doesn't test well, uh, the pro day numbers might be a little bit inflated. So I might help him out a little bit, but uh, that's really his only problem for me. He is so ridiculously talented. He does everything well on a football field and he's really, really tough too. Um, the name or he's, he's great with contested catch too, but the name that really stands out to me um, in terms of a ceiling would be Keenan Allen, but uh, it, it's kind of hard for players to reach that technician level of route running. Although um, I believe Amon Ra can get there. Uh, it's tough to expect that out of a player, but I think something more realistic for him is Michael Crabtree, who is going to be a great number two receiver in the NFL, who's also a great red zone threat and is just really physical, gritty kind of guy who sets the tone for the defense. Like you can throw him a deep ball in the first play of the game. He'll catch it over the middle of the field, start barking at the defense. I mean, Amon Ra is honestly just a dog and that might, he has a soft spot uh, for me because of that, because he is just a playmaker. And whenever this team needed a big play, they could always go to Amon Ra, whether it was in the end zone, third down, deep ball, fourth down, first down, whatever you needed, like he was able to do it. And it didn't matter who was covering him. He's just a playmaker. He's been that way his whole life. He was a five-star coming out of high school. Uh, he's one of the highly touted receiver prospects was great every single season at USC, uh, despite having some other pretty good players around him. Um, I'm just a big fan of Amon Ra's game. I think he can be, I think he's a first round talent. He just won't get drafted as such. I would, I would be surprised if he did because of the other talent that is in this class, but I really like Amon Ra the player. So moving on to the other guy that's in tier two. And before we kind of get to the tier two slash three guy that we want to talk about here, um, Deami Brown is the player out of UNC where analytically speaking, he is just an analytical darling. Like he's been really good since he was really young, a highly productive player in a good offense. He's very efficient in terms of yards per catch. Um, the only problem that I think Deami Brown really has, I mean, he has a few, but the, the biggest issue with him is honestly just concentration drops. Well, sometimes he struggles making plays over the middle of the field, but just easy catches, routine catches he sometimes struggles with, and that can be a problem moving forward. But 
like Deontay Johnson has drops. I don't care too much about drops. If you're a good player, you will get the ball. And I think Deami Brown is a good player. Someone he actually reminds me of in terms of who he could become in the NFL, uh, just wins vertically, wins with speed, but can also run a full route tree is Will Fuller. He reminds me a lot of Will Fuller. And I think he's a guy that is going to be a good number two, but if given the opportunity to be a number one receiver, if he has a good quarterback, he can end up becoming a really f- like productive fantasy asset. So I like Deami Brown from that standpoint. Um, he's going to be someone that I think is going to be severely undervalued because no one really knows about Deami Brown that much. Uh, not many people watch UNC football. I guess it's a blessing and a curse, but I just sit and watch college football all day. So I've seen a lot of UNC over the years and uh, he's been pretty good, like him and Daz Newsom. But I think Deami Brown stands out to me as the better player. And I think he's going to be probably like a top three round draft pick and can end up becoming a really solid number two or maybe even number three receiver uh, for some teams. So I would be excited to see where he lands and what draft capital he gets. But if he gets that good draft capital, I think he's definitely, I mean, he's in tier two anyways, but I I definitely feel much better about him if he got drafted in round two. But even if he gets drafted in round three, I'm fine with it. So Tyler, we kind of have been debating about this guy a little bit. I know you're going to talk about him on Instagram later, but um, out of LSU, the wide receiver two, I guess, if you want to call it that behind Jamar Chase, tell me a little bit about this guy. Yeah, Terrence Marshall Jr., um, he was the the wide receiver one for the team for, I think, about the first half of the season. I think he played six games for the team before sitting out to prepare for the NFL draft. Um, you know, I think that he's a solid player. I think that he he, make, he makes a lot of contested catches. He has very good size. He's 6'3", uh, I think about 200 pounds. So he has very good size for an NFL receiver. Um, overall, he, he has very good speed as well. So I think that in the next level – even early on, I think that he's a guy that's going to attract a lot of attention from defenses because he'll end up in a slot a lot. 82% of his snaps last season came from the slot. So he's he creates mismatches for defenses uh, being that size and lining up in the slot. I think that um, whoever drafts him will, will best utilize him in that slot position. So um, I think that using him as that deep threat early on is, is ideal, but um, I, I have questions about his route running overall and being, being a separator at the next level. He didn't face a lot of press coverage uh, during his time at LSU. And uh, when he did, it wasn't very, he wasn't very effective against it. So um, I do have questions about that and uh, his agility as well, which kind of goes hand in hand with his route running. I just, he doesn't make, he doesn't, uh, really he isn't very shifty uh running after the catch uh despite his his lanky uh i guess his stat lanky stature he's kind of light at 200 pounds 6'3 so uh you'd expect him to be a little bit more uh shifty but um you know he makes up for it with uh he's very with his uh elusiveness like he if you go in and try to make a soft tackle on Terrace Marshall, like he's just going to run right through it and he's going to blow, blow by your defense. Like he's the kind of guy that can take a slant to the house because like, he's just a very straight line runner. And like, once he gets, once he gets to his top speed, it's, it's very difficult for you to, to stop, slow him down, especially for uh, safeties and cornerbacks who aren't the same size as him. So um, I think that he's very, like he, he will be put, putting him in the best position would be, lining him up at the slot to create those, those mismatches and um, using him as a deep threat as well. Um, I think that the best comparison for him 
is someone like Devontae Parker, someone who can go up and make contested catches. Uh, not necessarily as much uh, juice run after the catch. When I say juice, like uh, shiftiness. Um, but he, he can make plays run after the catch. He's a good all-around receiver, just not someone that you really want to rely on as your number one target. Uh, he's built like one, but he's just not um, all like completely reliable. He like if he's going to be your number one receiver, I think that you need to have like a very good number two, someone who um, is about the same level as him. So uh, that, that's just how I feel about Terrace Marshall. I think that a lot of teams can make use of him. Um, one of which is definitely the Packers who have been looking like, I would hope they're looking for receivers at this point because like, it's really just Devonte Adams. Uh, Robert Tanyan came onto the scene this year. And then uh, one of Marcus Valdez, Scantling, and uh, Alan Lazard, like whoever's healthy and whoever's like playing well that day. So I think that Terrace Marshall would be a good fit alongside Devontae Adams, open things up for other guys in that offense. Um, I think Los Angeles Chargers are, is another team that would, that would fit well alongside Keenan Allen. If Mike Williams is eventually traded or uh, is leaving in the offseason, I think that Marshall is going to be a guy that's kind of drafted maybe late second, maybe yeah, third round. That's definitely, I think he's, he's, some people want to say he's going to be a first round pick, but definitely like, I think he'll go like after pick like 40. Okay. So like second to late second, maybe even third round, but I think second round is about where I'd expect him to go. Yeah. I mean, I see him as like a late second round guy and I think that he's worth it there. So if the Packers are looking to add someone, but not looking to give up that first round draft capital, I think that Terrace Marshall is the perfect guy for them. Same with uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. So those are two destinations that I really, really look at as his best options. Um, I know that you kind of feel a tad bit differently about Terrace Marshall as ba- about his ceiling. So uh, I'll let you, I'll let you take the four on that. Um, I think he can be a potential number one target. Like he's only, he's about to turn 21. He's still not even 21. He turns 21 on June 9th. So like, I think he, he, he has potential to grow as a player. Um, one player that I think he could actually end up becoming similar to, uh, this is not the likeliest outcome, but I could definitely see it happening, is a guy like Kenny Galladay, who just learns how to win with his size all the time as like a contested catch receiver and just toughness, being able to make those tough catches. So is, is that likely? Probably not, but I think there's potential for it. But like you said, I would not want to have him as my number one receiver. Like I want him to play alongside a player that is better than him for the majority of his career, uh, if not like equal to him. So I, I, I like Terrence Marshall or Terrace Marshall. I keep saying Terrence. So there's no N. I wonder what, uh, I guess it's a cool it's name. It's a grammatical error. It's just a grammatical error. I don't from... think it is. I think this, uh, they just really, you know what? I'm not even going to comment on it. I think Terrence Marshall can end up becoming a pretty good player in the NFL, though. He's young, and um, <laughs> that's funny. When you look up Terrence Marshall, Terrace Marshall, oh, my gosh, I have a bad habit. Uh, the first place that comes up is Packers land Terrace Marshall Jr. in the 2021 mock draft. So uh, I, you're pretty spot on there, honestly. I think the Packers is a great place for them to take him. Like late round two, if he is on the board, go ahead and grab him. I think he can be a really productive player uh, if you are good at developing receivers because I think he does need development but he can end up being really good. So I like Terrace Marshall moving forward. I'm not sure if he's tier one or tier three for us, honestly. He's kind of the one that like bridges the gap between the two. But talking about tier three, tier three is two of my guys, then one guy that's technically an honorable mention, but I want to consider him in this group as well. I'm just going to name them off really quick. Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, Kadarius Toney from UF, and Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. So 
in this tier, I guess if you want to add Terrace Marshall into that, um, you have four guys really. And I mean, Elijah Moore, pretty much just a smaller, I don't even know how much smaller, slightly smaller, slightly less athletic Rondell Moore. He's going to be a good slot receiver in the NFL. I like Elijah Moore's game. His analytic profile looks really, really good. He's been highly productive for a while and he's really young really talented guy. I think he's going to be good in the slot. Uh, also a dog. I'm a big fan of his. He reminds me of James Crowder a little bit. Kadarius Tony is someone that I do want to touch on here. And Tyler, I know obviously being a UF fan that you have your opinions on Tony as well. I've had Tony as my guy for a very long time. Like for the last two years, I've been telling you and everybody that I know that goes to UF. I think Kadarius Tony is special. So it's weird that I have him in tier three, but I think he was special at the college level. In terms of the NFL, I would be very, very surprised if he was a number one target in a passing game. But I think he can be a really, really good explosive playmaker because he's a human joystick. So, I mean, we both love Kadarius Tony. He's just ridiculously talented. He actually had great hands last year. Um, he really developed a lot over this past season. But at the same time, it brings a question why was he not even listed as a wide receiver for the first three years of his career? Like he played quarterback in high school, I believe. He was recruited as a quarterback. I'm not 100% sure, um, but he was just listed as an athlete, would kind of just get gadget player touches. So Tyler, in terms of what he's done at UF, do you think it was a an improvement sort of thing or was it they just finally realized that he deserved the opportunity to play that receiver position? You know, I'd hope it, it, it's a it's an improvement thing because um, if they were just holding him back for the first like two or three years of his career and then just let him come onto the scene this year, I'd kind of I'd, I'd be a little bit upset uh, for, uh, for Dan Mullen and that that um, that coaching staff. But um, you know, like you said, he wasn't he wasn't initially recruited as a wide receiver, but um, you know, watching him this year, it it seemed as if he had played wide receiver his whole life. And uh, it was definitely a joy to watch for not only UF fans, but anybody that, that really tuned in to uh, watch his game. Um, you know, someone that he really reminds me of, uh, coincidentally, is uh, Deontay Johnson uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, he doesn't have the, the, the catching or the drop uh, issue that uh, Deontay Johnson has at this level. But um, I think that the shiftiness that he has, the way that he breaks down defenders is very similar to uh, Deontay Johnson. And uh, I think that he can kind of expand on that. Uh, you know, maybe it's because of scheme, but uh, we, we've really seen Deontay Johnson's A dot really fall uh, this past season. Maybe it's because Ben Roethlisberger just wants to dump it to him below and kind of use him as that kind of run game, uh, given, given their like six or seven yards. But um, I think that Kadarius Tony's a guy that can definitely do a lot, um, not only underneath, but just uh, beating guys. Uh, down the field and uh, making uh, contested catches. Not so much, not as much as like a Terrace Marshall who is like six, three and is more like a 60, 40, 70, 30 ball in his uh, favor. But uh, Kadarius Tony can make catches contested yeah. catches. Um, he's a, he's a good all around player as well. Um, but I think that his biggest strength is just making defenders miss, miss in the open field and just like making a show that of, uh, making a show for for uh, viewers 
Um, yeah, he's <laughs> it's literally like watching a play is one of the most fun things you can do. Like in terms of this entire draft class, who has the most fun highlight tape? It's probably Kadarius Tony. He's just he's so explosive. Um, I I have listed as his absolute ceiling being Jarvis Landry. Um, I think that is kind of what I could see him end up becoming, honestly. But the place that I really want to see him end up. And I hope it has to happen at the top of round two. I don't think he makes it past them again. I don't think they could get him in round three. And a lot of people say he's going to go in the top 20. Uh, I don't see that happening. I would be surprised if he was going that early. Um, but Kadarius Tony to the Carolina Panthers, if they do not trade all of their picks, would be so freaking fun to watch because Curtis Samuel's walking in free agency. And I think Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony can be more ex- explosive from the receiver position than Curtis Samuel. And that would really help round out their offense for years to come. Uh, DJ Moore is there. I expect them to extend Robbie Anderson. Add in Kadarius Tony as that dynamic slot receiver that can also be your pass catching running back if necessary. Like just do anything that you need done on a football field. Uh, I would love to see Kadarius Tony there. And of course, the one place that I would not want to see Kadarius Tony is with Kansas City at the end of round one. Um, that would just be crazy. And it would fix a lot of their problems. We talked about it on the Super Bowl <laughs> a few weeks ago, but Kadarius Tony being a reliable underneath receiver with how explosive he is in one-on-one and he can just make people miss in the open field with Tyreek Hill, with Travis Kelsey, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, with whoever the hell the wide receiver three is there would be one hell of a fit. So that is definitely something that I find very interesting uh, for Kadarius Tony. But I think he he might be overdrafted in the NFL, but I would not hesitate to draft him in the middle of the second round in rookie drafts. I think he has potential to be really good. He's definitely got a lot of boom potential just by how explosive he is. But there is bust potential because he's someone that was not very good his entire college career. Finally got the opportunity his senior year when he's like 22 and then does really well. Or 21, I'm not sure exactly how old he is. But um, there's definitely some question marks there as to why Tony was not even on the field for the majority of games three years straight. And then his senior year, he goes crazy. So, I mean, that's just one question with him. But I like his game. And I think what he found this year is something that will translate to the next level. So I think he'll be a pretty solid player. Um, I think he's the only reason he's not higher is because of those question marks with why hasn't he played before. But who he was this year, honestly, you could rank him pretty much above Deami Brown. I think he could end up being like the sixth best receiver, seventh best receiver in this class without those question marks. But he's in tier three right now. And the last guy that I want to talk about, um, Tyler, I guess you have not been overwhelmingly impressed by this guy, but Tylen Wallace is someone that he's not technically ranked inside the top 10. He is our number 11, but I think Tylen Wallace is a guy that before he tore his ACL could have been a top five wide receiver in this class, but he tore his ACL didn't look fantastic this year, but supposedly had an unbelievable showing at the super, uh, the senior bowl, not the super bowl. Uh, was a great route runner, and he's kind of like a do-it-all receiver too. He can kind of make plays. He plays bigger than his size. He's a jump ball receiver, very, very good in contested catch. Um, Not the most explosive athlete either, so it's interesting to see, but if there's one guy that I think could be drafted at like the tail end of round three in this draft class and then really just pay dividends in fantasy, I think it would be Tylen Wallace. He's someone I would keep my eyes on. He's a smooth route runner that can play bigger than his size, very good in contested catch, a great red zone threat. And he's going to be, he can play the outside for an NFL team. Like I think he's good enough with his releases and whatnot to be able to play the outside. So I like Talon Wallace a lot. 
Um, Tyler, any comments on any one of these guys in tier three, whether it's Terrace Marshall, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony, or Talon Wallace? I mean, not really. I, I'm not, I'm not um, ecstatic about Tyron Wallace. I think that he's a solid receiver. Um, you know, I guess I'd, I'd put him in that tier three uh, just because I think that he's ahead of the guys that are an honorable mention. But um, I, I think that the, uh, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony, and uh, Ty, um, sorry, Terrace Marshall are, are clearly better than him. So at this moment in time, so um, I'll have to look at the senior bowl film and, uh, reassess my my thoughts on him but uh, as of right now I think that he's a he's a solid NFL receiver um but uh, at this like I I just don't think that he's um someone that is in the same uh like is in consideration to be better than those other guys yeah I, I definitely could agree with that like what he put on film last year was not fantastic but it was it was good enough coming off of an ACL so maybe he comes that, back year two this year he came off of a torn ACL yeah he came back like six months later so, like there, so he's gonna boom he shouldn't year. have played this past year but he tore his ACL before last year's draft like draft like the end of last season so it didn't make sense for him to go last year because he probably would have been like a fourth round pick this year, I think he played himself back in a third-round pick consideration, but he didn't look fantastic while doing so. So we'll see what ends up happening with Talon Wallace, but I definitely agree with you there. I think he's the 11th best receiver in this class. Um, we'll talk more about receivers once we get more information on them, like I said earlier. But for right now, this is where we stand on the receiver class. This is going to be a special receiver class. So I said kind of like some dynasty outlook or insight in terms of how I would be valuing these guys. Um, I think – you definitely want to try to get like at least two receivers from this draft class, regardless of what you're picking or where you're picking in your, your drafts, because this class can be special. And as long as players are drafted inside the top three rounds, uh, as long as you get that day one or day two draft capital in the NFL, you're pretty much going to have a chance to be really, really good in the NFL. You will get the opportunity to get on the field. And if you are good enough, you will stay on the field as long as you get that draft capital. If you don't, then it's a little bit tougher, but I really like these guys. And if they're, as long as they're drafted inside the top three rounds, I would be looking to get any one of these guys on my dynasty teams. Ideally, I want to get them in order, but if I can get like a Rondell Moore and an Amon Ross St. Brown without really using a first round pick in rookie drafts, uh, that would be insane. I think rookie wide receivers are going to be undervalued a little bit in this class because of how good the quarterbacks are, because of how good some of the tight ends are, especially Kyle Pitts, who would be a top five wide receiver in this class, um, and because of the scarcity of running backs and because people are going to be overvaluing guys like Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, uh, even Anaji Harris. I, I mean, I love all those players, but they're going to be slightly overvalued relative to where I think they should be taken. So um, we'll see what ends up happening. But I am a big, big fan of this wide receiver class. I want to get at least two guys from this grouping. I don't really care who. Ideally, someone in tier one, two people in tier one would be great. But tier one and tier two, I think, would be fantastic options to get. And then tier three is more of a shot in the dark, but still really talented players. I'm looking to get any one of these guys on my dynasty teams. I think they are. this is a good draft to stack up on wide receivers and continue to build out that dynasty team and then trade for running backs that are already proven assets in the NFL. So – with all that being said, Tyler, any last remarks? Do you have a prediction on where Carson Wentz ends up now? Deshaun Watson, uh, what's give me one prediction for what's going to happen before free agency this year? 
Well, it sounds like the inevitable is going to happen. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to get traded to uh, Chicago for Nick Foles. That's not confirmed. Don't don't at me on that. But it it sounds like it sounds like that's going to happen. Um, the fact that there was a report that came out that the Colts offered two second round picks to the to the Eagles and they somehow didn't accept that. Um, I'm I'm a little bit baffled by that. But uh, the fact that uh, the Bears are now considered front runners for him. That that must mean that they offered more, possibly a first round pick, which is even more baffling. But um, yeah, I think that he eventually ends up in Chicago. They they're obviously a very desperate uh, franchise to kind of turn that quarterback position around to eventually get um, get back into that playoff hunt. But um, yeah, just uh, it's a uh, it's tough to be the Bears right now, Bears fan right now because. You know that your team is probably going to be itching to get Carson Wentz to kind of fix your problems, and personally, I don't think that he does that for you guys for for the for the Chicago Bears. So, um, I do think that he ends up there. Um, as far as these wide receivers go, like I think that if you if you don't have that top capital to get one of these guys, one of the the Jamar Chase of the world, the Vonta Smiths, or really one of those two. I think those are the guys that um, you should really be targeting if you're, if you're in the top like five of your drafts, like besides the Cal Pitts, um, I think you should target one of Pitts, Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith. Cause I think those are three of the best talents in this draft. It um, besides Najee Harris, who's probably going to go 1.01 or 1.02 in most drafts um, considering the running back position. But um yeah, I think that if you don't have one of those, um, I think that Rondell Moore is definitely the guy to look at because I don't know where, where consensus is ranking him. Maybe it's, there's bit. like the thing with the end of this rookie class is no one has any idea. Like it's really, it's really going to depend on who your league is because like it's weirder this year because Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore, they all didn't play this year. So we don't yeah. really know. And a lot of these guys that did play, they played a small sample size, had some good games, and dipped. Like, it's it's really confusing as to where the hierarchy is going to be. That's why I think draft capital is going to be very indicative this year, more so I agree. than ever. Like, if, if maybe not a top 10 wide receiver as opposed to a late first-round receiver, I don't really care about that. But if you get that top two-round draft capital especially, I think it is a really big indicator that an NFL team really believes in that player and will put them on the field virtually immediately so i don't really know what consensus is going to be we're going to have a better idea of that come may when rookie drafts are really happening really quickly but for right now i think it's like jamar chase Najee harris uh devonta smith is honestly a wild card too some people are really down on him in some leagues because he's really skinny and he's slightly older but like uh, jamar chase Najee harris javante williams travis Etienne, uh cow pitts then you got the quarterbacks, Fields, Lawrence. Like, there's so many guys that can go inside that top 10. And honestly, any any pick inside the top 15 this year, I think is going to be ridiculously talented, regardless of the position. And then once you go past that is when it gets a little bit iffy. But um, <laughs> this class is really good. Like, <laughs> this wide receiver class is really freaking good. And I'm excited to watch them play. This entire draft class, honestly, is really good. Yeah. Outside of, like, the running back depth. But even the top end talent is pretty good in this class. So, um, that's pretty much it. We're going to be back next week talking about, honestly, I don't even know what we're going to be talking about. We're going to have to figure that one out. Um, we pulled the, the rookie, <laughs> the rookie talk card out a little bit early. We'll talk some dynasty concepts. So, and try to really just get started on that off season grind where you start to look at who to target and who not to target in dynasty drafts.
That wraps up our rookie wide receiver rankings pod. If you don't follow us already, make sure to follow us on Instagram at First Take Fantasy, where we are posting rookie spotlights, coaching impacts, and tons of dynasty content to keep you prepared for the NFL draft and free agency.